I want to thank you for joining me on Andre Tell Me More. This is my inaugural episode where I share stories based on things that happen in my life on a series of themes that I pick out on a week-by-week basis. Uh, The catch to this is I want to open up to you, the listener, to where you can send me emails with your stories, whether they be recordings or full-fleshed-out scripts. Uh, I want to keep them between 2 and 10 minutes long, but I really hope something like this can take off and that you can feel comfortable sharing your stories with me. Uh, Another note is that you can send me a story that is fictional, but please do note that I want to keep them as as real and as true as possible. And with that, I want to jump right into the first one. Bad behavior means so much to me. I remember being in high school where my nickname was actually Deville Dangerous, where I would do stupid things like jump into open car windows and parking lots as people were trying to leave, scaring the shit out of whomever it is on the other side of the wheel. I would do these things because I was trying to impress people. And so I relate heavily to anything that involves doing things that aren't quite above the norm and that they're just they're just a little bit quirky but also extremely extremely rude. I remember actually the very first story that popped up into my head when I came up with the theme was I was 11 years old and I was in a Kmart And I had just whittled my dad to get me $1 bill so I can go ahead and play the claw machine because I was a big fan of claw machines and I really wanted to win that Pikachu. And so I'm at the claw machine. I put in my dollar and I'm lining it up. I'm doing all the calculations possible to where I can just send the claw down, get the Pikachu and be happy for the rest of the week. And I had probably sat there because you only get 90 seconds. I probably sat there for a good 45, 50 seconds, and I finally got the angle that I wanted. And right before I press the button, this little kid just comes running and slaps the joystick right out of my hand, moves the the claw over, and I drop the claw down, and I miss the Pikachu. I miss every other toy in there, whether it was Sonic or some random owl, and I cried. I cried the entire ride home. My dad had no idea how to react to me. And I had thought to myself that I was the one at fault. Having that moment where someone else took advantage of my hard work and I lost that dollar put some things into perspective for me that I didn't realize until years later. I didn't want to be the one that caused others to feel bad, but I have managed to do that over and over again. And so whenever I get angry or whenever I feel like I can take advantage of a situation, I always come back to that point. The story takes place at an IHOP. We're going to start there. I'm um, going to go ahead and change the names of these people that are involved because uh, they're probably going to be listening to this show. But it starts at an IHOP. And I was about 19 years old. And I'm with my buddies, Jared, Greg, and Ben. So me, Jared, Ben, and Greg are all at this IHOP. And I had some plans. And that plan was that I wanted to smoke weed. And I wanted to get it for myself. And so we're all at the IHOP. We ordered our French toast. Nothing crazy. And we're sitting around. 
And I said, hey, guys, let's go buy some marijuana. We know exactly where to get it. We can partake for next weekend. And everybody was on board, especially Jared. But we won't go into that because two and a half weeks later, finally, it's time. We're all ready to sit outside of my house and roll up a fat blunt. Um, but instead, we went with we went with a pipe. We bought one of the more expensive pipes and it looked good. It was blue. And so the idea was we were going to do it on a Saturday night and we were going to sit outside of my house sometime around like 11, 1130, pack the bowl, get absolutely toasted and play some video games until we passed out. And so myself, Ben and Greg are all ready to go and Jared backs out. But that doesn't stop our other friend, Lane, to come hang out. And so this guy, Lane, he's part of the friend group. We all love him. But sometimes he does some weird things like not leave. And what I mean by not leaving is he, we invite him over and we all decide to go get our fat, respective fast food. I think we went to rallies, Taco Bell, and Popeyes all in one trip. We brought it back to my house and we ate and then Lane just wouldn't go home. I've got an ounce of weed in the back of my car, ready to rock and roll. We're just looking to pack and get toasted. And instead of getting toasted, we're sitting around talking with Lane, bullshitting, ready to rock. Fast forward, it's like 11.30. We can fast forward from 11.30 till about 2 a.m. Lane's like, all right, guys, it's time for me to go. And we're like, yeah, it's time for you to go, buddy. We need you to get out of here because we got some weed to smoke. And so he finally leaves and we all get into my car and... I even borrowed a friend's grinder. So I had a grinder, we had weed, we had a pipe, we get in the car, made a playlist, uh, things like Whole Lot of Love, Comfortably Numb, I'm sure we had Freebird on there. We started to get things going, passed it around twice, finished the first bowl. And after we finished it, Ben decided to let us know that he had to take a shit. And I said, why would you tell us now? It's not okay. We got another bowl to pack, and then we're going to go inside and have a good time. I already know I have a low tolerance. I'm passing out. My eyes are going left and right. I'm zonking in and out. And, like, we started at 2 o'clock, and I had no idea what time it was at this point. And in the back, Greg is saying that he's not feeling a single thing. Greg's like, ah, this weed ain't doing shit for me. I'm not feeling it at all. What can I do? Pack another bowl. And so Greg decides he's going to pack another bowl starts to pass it around he packs it he takes a hit he gets it over to ben i'm already passed out and then we see a car drive behind us and now mind you we're all extremely high we actually found out later that this was some of the best weed that you could have possibly gotten at the time Uh, but we were 19 and dumb we had no idea what was going on we all opened the car door thinking we're just going to walk inside, but we're so absolutely obliterated that we can't even get out, so we all just shut the door and lay back our heads into the headrest. And so not even a few minutes later, we said, is that car coming back? Is that car coming back? A time skip, from my point of view, a flashlight comes into the car, we hear tapping on the window, and I look up, and it's a police officer. And our windows are up, the smoke's filling the place, and my dumbass rolls down the window, And the police officer says, what's going on here? To which I replied, nothing out of the ordinary. And he promptly opened my car door and asked us to get out. And uh, this part of the story is a little bit hazy for me, obviously. But we're on the ground on the curb in handcuffs. 
and they're asking us where the weed is because Ben was the last one with the pipe. He threw it into my glove box. So they're all asking, where's the weed? Where's the weed? And I'm just freaking out because I've never been arrested before. I'm in handcuffs and I'm walking, looking, pointing with my nose. And I look inside and I said, oh, he probably threw it in the glove box. They need my permission. I said, it's in the glove box. You have permission to look in the glove box. So they open it up and that's where the weed is. And so they, they're a little bit stressed out. They're asking, are we going to find any more weed? And I was like, no, nah, we're too stupid to buy and hide that shit, obviously. So just do what you got to do. And so we're on the curb. And the funny part of the story at the time was we all had super long hair and we looked hippy dippy. And it was Greg's birthday at the time. And so Greg got two cigars from Lane and he also was working out a whole bunch. So he had a bottled water, but it was in one of those big jug containers. So first he thought we had alcohol and he thought we were rolling more blunts with the cigars. And so they're asking us all these crazy questions and we're forever pissed off at Lane. And then finally, one of the police officers says to uh, says to Ben that you look a lot like John Lennon. And Ben just starts laughing. He's laughing his ass off. And the police officer says, what's so funny? And he goes, this is the best. That's the best news I've heard in the last 45 minutes. And the police officer says, 45 minutes. It's only 215, which means that we had only been smoking from two o'clock until 2.15. That entire piece of information had put us into a whirlwind of confusion. We had no idea what was going on and we're just ready to go. And so finally they do their little search and they ask me, they said, did you want to tell your mom now or do you want to call her from the station? And obviously I want to call her from the station because I'm absolutely high. And so they say, okay, well, we're going to go tell your mom. And so they get up to the door and they start knocking on the door. They're banging on the door. It's two o'clock in the morning. My mom and sister are asleep. There's no way they're going to hear it. Well, finally, after two to three minutes of banging, my mom finally opens the door and they're carting us over to our respective police cars. They put me in one of my own and they put Greg and Ben in their other. And I can see my mom open the door. My sister's standing right behind him. And my only reaction to that's that pivotal moment in my life was for me to cross my eyes and stick my tongue out at my mother. I'm glad to this day she has no memory of that happening. But I get carted in and I get put in the back of the police car, which is tinier than you think. And I'm six foot, 275 pounds at this point, and I'm uncomfortable. But luckily, we only had a three block ride to the to the police station. So fast forward, now we're at the police station, and they get us into booking, they take our pictures, they put our thumbprints in, but my favorite part of this is what they don't typically tell you when you get arrested is that they have to make sure you have no more drugs on you. So by the time they take off your shoestrings, they have you in like a little shower area, and in that shower area, they have you strip naked, lift your arms up, bend over, and cough. And that was the most embarrassed cough I ever had in my life. Just imagine me turned around and just... (sighs) And they take us into what is called general population. And so it's me, Ben, and Greg, and we're all sitting in Gen Pop. And it's just two concrete benches and a toilet in the corner. And Ben still has to take a shit. And we're locked up in general population with a very, very communal toilet. 
And the catch is that the only piece of toilet paper that's being used is is being used as a pillow for a very intimidating man. Uh, we had to figure out a plan to get the toilet paper back, and we ended up calling calling the guard. They had a little button that we could press. Called the guard, said, hey, we need toilet paper. This guy's sleeping on it. And we finally managed to get it away from him. Uh, the guard was definitely helpful there. And Ben does the deed he needs to do. It stinks up the entire general population. Uh, and while that's happening, we never got our phone call. At some point, I remember Greg getting bailed out. And then shortly in the morning, right around 6.30, I got bailed out from my parents. Uh, and they had nothing but jokes. And all I hear is just laughter coming from my mom. And so we finally get back home. And I know I have to bail out my buddy. He had given me permission to take all of his things. And I took out his bail bond money, went and paid cash for it and picked him up. And Ben had lived with me at the time. So we come back to my house and we wanted to, I think the new Call of Duty Black Ops had come out and we're just wanting to play that because it was fresh. And we get on and we're trying to play the game and we're just so sad. We're so sad that we were got punished for something so simple. We decided to just rest it out for the rest of the day. And then we did our court dates and we actually got a really good tax return that year. And then spent all of it on all of our court costs. It was a pretty brutal year. But now I can laugh about it. It happened. We did something that would have been called bad behavior. But we did it. We learned from it. And now if I take a puff, I get so paranoid that I can't even stand up straight. I have to hide in a corner or a closet. So there goes marijuana out of the window for me. The Actually, the only other time that I had even partook was by accident. I had eaten a pot brownie and I was told, oh, you shouldn't eat that because it's a pot brownie. And I drive home and I got followed by a car all the way home. I'm sweating bullets. I had no idea what was going on. I got home in a bed and I fell asleep. And the next morning I realized that I need to stay away from the stuff. That's going to go ahead and do it for this week, everyone. I really do appreciate it if you give this a chance to listen. Uh, and please go ahead and send me your emails at andretellmemore at yahoo.com. Next week, my stories are going to be revolving around the times that you have spent standing up for yourself. So please, again, send me your email. Let's keep it between five and ten minutes long. And I really cannot wait to see where this goes. Thank you.